Hey yo, and here we go, another episode of We Talk Music on the Air and in Your Ear. Once again, I am Moxon, joined by the king of the casters. He is Mr. Brett Podcast. Brett, we have one of the top talents in her field and a Canadian treasure with us today. Can That's right. Fellow Canadian treasure? Fellow Canadian treasure? Well, I mean, I would love to be a Canadian treasure as well. I don't know when we get to graduate into that. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean... Oh, the, this woman has done so much in her career, played with so many people, but uh, right now we're here to talk about her new album with her husband, Donald Leahy. It's called Canvas. We are so honored to have Natalie McMaster with us. Natalie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. It's uh, amazing to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, we've been listening to your work for years and years, and so, you know, it's just great to have you on. Oh, thanks so much. Yep. I feel like a, a bit of a fossil in these in this industry you know it's been 40 years isn't that crazy i mean would you would you have thought uh when you started that 40 years on you would well i i guess a still be doing it b be married to somebody who does it as well and then have a family that does it. yes what does nine-year-old you think you know <laughs> yeah it's 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 pretty crazy i i know i never ever no, I even when I even when I started playing, I didn't think like this. You know, I didn't think of these things. I didn't think they were possible or I just they weren't on my register. Oh, it's incredible. Well, and so is the new album Canvas. Uh, you know, what uh, what a whole bunch of fun that album is. Well, I'll tell you, it's got a hell of a mix on it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something for everyone, as they say. That's that's right. It really is. I, I was listening also to went back to the 2015 album one and uh, listening to that. And it's so vastly different than canvas. And uh, what was it you were hoping to kind of explore on canvas differently than you did on that album? Um, I think, you know, I don't know that we had a hope of exploring something in particular. I think we just had a hope of exploring um, like previously. I'm, I'm very, um, you know, I, I certainly feel I'm free to play whatever music I like, but I do have a little nudge in my conscience or something about the traditional music. And I, I know that I have fans, you know, since decades, some of them, and I don't like to disappoint. And, and so I, but this time I, so every time I record, I, I'm aware of that and I don't want to just go completely off the deep end with something that no one can recognize. But with this record, I just kind of went completely off the deep end with something no one can recognize. <laughs> so uh, I just really, I don't know, maybe it was COVID. Maybe it was because I, I had an out with, you know, doing something with my husband, you know, I could blame him. <laughs> um, and I just, all the patterns and the tendencies of the past and the thoughts of the past, I just, kept denying i'm like no i'm not i i can't i don't want to stay stagnant <clears throat> not that stagnant's a negative thing <clears throat> but i just didn't want to stay in one place because i sometimes you just need to shake the pot and i have so many different loves and musical tastes and flavors and always have that i don't feel i should be not allowed to indulge in them mm-hmm you know, because of where I'm from, or you're from Cape Breton, you shouldn't play that, this stuff. You should only play what you grew up with. Yeah, that, that seems, uh, that seems like 
definitely pigeonholing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm a, a as big a proponent, pro, pro, uh, big of, of a supporter of the traditional music as anyone. But, um, you know, and I'm, I haven't changed at all. I just am indulging in my wide musical taste. So then when it comes down to writing songs and especially writing songs with your husband, like what is your process like? Well, it's different all the time. <clears throat> you know, some of the pieces on here we've been playing for years in bits and pieces, or some of them were started years ago as fragments that have been on my voice memos. Some were just, you know, written by me. Some were just written by Janelle. Um, <clears throat> and for the stuff that we were in the same place, same time, which I suppose is half of it, we just would sit down and just mess around with melodies and one person would say, oh, I like that or I like that or, and you keep trying to develop it. And there's all sorts of things that didn't pan out. Um, other things that are still, uh, that are on my voice memo that, that will sit there for the next one or eventually just kind of never make it to the, to light. And, uh, we just kind of keep trying and going until we find something that we both we just keep you know just keep adding parts and bits and notes and ideas and thoughts to a piece until we get it to a point where we feel like hey we like this we like this enough to record it excuse my <laughs> ignorance on it but uh, do you like tune your instruments differently so to complement each other or is no, is it, <clears throat> no? standard tuning okay. yeah standard tuning for both okay. of us and then how do you how do you kind of figure out different parts to play so that or or like do you do you play together a lot or like you know kind of is it almost like a dueling dueling fiddles kind of thing well it's, it's interesting because again it too comes together different ways so like sometimes if it's if it's a piece that Danelle wrote he'll naturally you know he's he'll be the first one playing it and if he's trying mm -hmm. to show me I I might try some harmony parts and find a place for myself or I might lay out on that one. Or if it's a tune that we both wrote, whatever kind of sections I wrote, usually are the sections I'm playing. And, and then if we feel that things are imbalanced and we want to, you know, arrange something with a little more thought, we might say, okay, let's purposefully, uh, you know, go through this and figure out who should play what part we've done that before as well but oftentimes that and that can come at the beginning or it can also come just at the very end when the whole track is recorded and the last thing to put on is the fiddles wow yeah that that's is interesting i mean because because you wouldn't you wouldn't almost think that that the that the fiddles would go on last but i guess in this case they're like the it's like the vocals i suppose that's right yeah yeah that's right it's like the vocals and then you do sing with your instrument, definitely. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's our for sure. That's our outlet. <laughs> and then you have so many wonderful special guests on this album. I mean, I was uh, I was super happy to see uh, to see Brian Finnegan. I love his work. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of fans in Canada for sure through Fluke and some of his solo stuff and his different bands. And uh, I've always been a fan and. Janelle and I, like I said, that that pandemic, it was good at least that people were around. That's, that's one thing that 
created as a benefit to us. I mean, people weren't, um, they, they had time. And so we called all our favorite top picks of artists that we felt was perfect for these roles. And luckily we got our first choice in all of them. Wow. Yeah. So that when you're, when you're working with other people, like, do you, do you kind of, uh, give them a roadmap or do you just kind of let them go wild? It can be either or we usually give a roadmap, but sometimes they do a little more than that. You know, I'll ask, I'll, I usually say, look, specifically here's, here's the base of what we're looking for. And then I always invite them. I say like, you know, you're, you are you and we are attracted to you. And so if you feel and hear things that you want to try or, you know, go for it. And, uh, so for in the case of well brian finnegan we said i'd love you to take a solo here so it's wide open right so he just just played whatever the heck his heart desired and uh, there was no direction for that from us it was all him um with regards to the actual tune yeah there's some sections where we're like okay we need you to play this melody here and that just makes sense it's like the obvious thing the obvious and only option really but but in there in that particular solo section he had full creative license then in the uh, case of Rhiannon Giddens when we sent her the track he said here's the song here's the lyrics here's the melody here's the backing track fire away well when it came back she had done which I think was crucial to the sound of the track she did two versions um, she harmonized to herself right through the whole thing mm. and that that really made a lot of difference and then she took a ton of liberties through the sections where there was no vocals uh no no vocal words and she just did you know scat that sort of thing yeah so, well oh go, go ahead, ahead Brett. no go, go ahead. ahead you go ahead no i just want to uh cover who else is on the album that you were uh, collaborating with because it is an impressive list yeah, there's Yo-Yo Ma there as well, which I should mention. Um, uh, fortunately, again, you know, he was available and, and eager to join us for that track. We The cool thing about his performance was that we got to play, we got to record. His recording contribution was done, like, live. Like, oh. he, yeah, he was in his studio in New York, and through some new technology, he was able to, you know, beam into our studio. Um, and he was recording it while we were in our studio watching him record it. And he was talking to us. And after every take, he'd say, like, what do you think of that? You know, should I do this? And we had a great chat, a great time, and it worked out fantastically well. He also, you know, offered some of his own creativity. I imagine he would, yeah. Um, and then we had Spanish guitarist Josemi Carmona from Spain. Um, again, he's one of the top dogs over there. And luckily, our producer, our co-producer, Elmer Ferrer, his brother is living in Spain and knows the scene. He's a he's a drummer over there, and a very very top notch drummer. So he put us in touch with this incredible Spanish guitarist who did like we. Couldn't have asked for more. It was the icing on the cake and then some. And he took all creative liberty. That's it is fascinating. Speaking of Elmer, was it Elmer Ferrer? Yeah. I'm pronouncing it correctly? Yeah. Uh, speaking correct. of pronouncing it correctly, that track is called The Case of the Mysterious 
Squabby Kosh. Quash. I, uh, I don't know. I can never pronounce that quite right. Squabby Quash. Um, Squabby Quash. That's it. Well, how on earth did you come up with that title? <laughs> You're the first person to ask. Because we put the title together, we said, surely someone's going to ask about this one. <laughs> Uh, it was just us being silly, to be honest. It was the uh, the band. Well, it was it was always called Squabby Quash, and uh, the band we were just messing around and coming up with different parts, different ideas, and and then different names. We were joking. We were in Silly Moon. It's just like making up words and squishy and all these different things. And we ended up with this word Squabby Quash, which really was never intended to be the title. But when we went to play it live. A couple of times that was one that we got to play live a little bit and uh, we just kept using this working title um and it just kind of stuck we tried to rethink of a title for it and we just kind of never came up with anything the reason why it's also called the case of the mysterious is because it kept changing squabby quash the arrangement and the melody and, and like it kept changing dramatically it is you wouldn't recognize it from where it started so with every change, our um, uh, co-producer just kept adding another word onto the <laughs> onto the title. It became the mysterious squash, and then the you know the, the case of the mysterious squash. Anyway, that's how that came to be. Well, and I, you also you also have Mary Frances Leahy um, on a on a track called Galicia Choo Choo. Um, Galicia, I, I think, is a, a section of the Ukraine and Poland. If I remember correctly, hey, you're um, close. It's Spain, actually, it's it's part of Spain. Okay, okay, part of Spain. Okay, um, that's my favorite track. Um, oh. Tell me about tell me about working with Mary Frances Leahy. Well, actually, she's on a bunch of tracks on that CD, playing piano and one track playing fiddle, and she was amazing. So Mary Frances is our 17 year old daughter, and uh, you know we didn't intend in the beginning when we started this a couple of years ago getting her on all our tracks or most or as many tracks as we did i should say she's not on all of them um we didn't intend that we just in particular with by nature of her living in her home she oftentimes would be playing this brand new music with us you know we'd write stuff we'd go downstairs and play she'd just sit at the piano and play along and in particular the tune called carmelo um was uh which she's playing on as well it that was the one where Danelle and Danelle probably wrote part of that like six years ago and she was just you know here playing along and she started getting into this latin style music maybe four years ago and so that tune started out as a regular jig and then when she got into the latin stuff she started playing that kind of feel over top of this Carmelo tune and really she had a lot to do with the flavoring of it uh, and or the inspiration for the flavoring and so then we realized as I mean the the growth that happens musically or any any way when you're age you know 11 to age 17 there's a big jump there, you know, so she improved dramatically over, over COVID. And uh, in the end, we ended up, we thought, you know, if there's anybody in the world who could play this track, it, our first pick would be Mary Frances because she just had mastered that kind of marriage between 
the Latin and the Celtic piano accompaniment. So she's all over this record. She's doing the Yo-Yo Ma track as well. And of course, Galicia, I'm glad to hear it's your favorite. That's the one that that's actually my track. So Carmelo, there's, there's, and I can't believe we didn't put this on our liner notes, but anyway, there's, there are a couple of tracks that I play alone. There's a couple of tracks that Danelle plays alone. So that's my track. And, um, that's just a tune that I wrote here in the house. Um, that one just on my own. And then it was developed further by Elmer Ferrer when I brought it to him, our co-producer. Um, he embellished it a little further. And then the band, of course, we just played it live. Luckily, we got to play that one live a couple of times. So anyway, yeah, thanks for saying that. And Mary Frances was just really amazing to work with. And she's that piano she's playing is just in our living room here. <laughs> it's amazing i didn't put that together i should have put that together because i'm afraid mm -hmm. i think it's seven children you have is that correct that's correct last yeah, i counted so, yeah. <laughs> they're still all there and, that's and good it, and it does take it would take me two two hands to count that many but uh <laughs> i you know i should have put that together i, I can't believe i missed that uh, i i'll admit i don't remember the names of all seven off the top of my head Oh, you mean of the kids? You mean, oh, you didn't yeah. realize Mary Frances was her daughter? No, I did not realize that. Oh, that's that makes even me, cooler. That makes me smile. That makes me smile. Oh, I mean, so cool. uh, you know, I mean, I, I know on your website and everything, I mean, your family is forefront, you know, and, and I think that's subtly, uh, you know, a, a big part of your success. It really uh, grounds you in, in the family and makes you accessible to your audience and little things like that and putting up recipes and I'm going to try the potato soup that you have up there. And, um, you know, <laughs> things like that, I think are, are really help draw people to you, make you make them cheer for you. Well, I don't know what it is, but I'm grateful for the longevity. I'll tell you that. I, uh, I oftentimes I remember when I was, in my 20s, I'd think, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and I was really, really busy doing stuff. I remember thinking, am I going to still be playing when I'm 40, when it, like traveling like this and doing this when I'm 50? And I look back now and I think, oh, my gosh, in some ways, I feel like I'm just getting going. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the way it should be, right? I mean, I mean, music yeah. is such a journey. And, and I mean, as you grow, I mean, I know that we we've we just talked to a singer who who it almost 60 and he said his voice is getting better than ever now and because he's learning so much and i suppose that that's exactly the same for you i mean you're just the people that you meet you're constantly learning and able to kind of pull something from them whether it, whether it's you know a different way of looking at an instrument or just even a different way of looking at life that's right that's right it, it's like anything really it, it's like age in itself like you know, they talk about the wisdom of the elders. Well, that's that that's because, you know, the only way you get wisdom is through living a pile of life. And it's that wisdom that that is so um, to be treasured and cherished and, you know, adored. Um, it's it's something that can only be garnered through time. And so same with 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 being a musician, like sure maybe i can't uh i don't have the 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 stamina on stage for step dancing that i had when i was like 25 but i certainly have a lot more feel i've um 
you know, I listen to my music back in my 20s to my stuff now, like that tune called So You Love on this record as compared to, um, you know, Amelia's Waltz on one of my first CD cassettes like back then, or I guess it was on CD by that time, but it's just like there's no comparison. There's no comparison. And so you just get life, you know, you've, you've been given life and years of it, and it, it definitely has effect on your music. And and it has an effect on how you view music and how you view music comes out in your music. So uh, I'm just really grateful. I'm so darn grateful to be a conduit for something as sweetly unifying and healing and moving as music. When it comes to your family, like I'm letting that one sink in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, there's a lot there. When it comes to your your family and music, like uh, and your children, like did you was it just a natural thing that they would learn how to play instruments? Did you kind of have to push it all? Oh yeah, we definitely push. We still push, um, but we try and keep the pushing healthy. Like I always compare it to you know, parents wanting their child to eat their vegetables. Like, come on, you have to eat your vegetables. It's good for you. I know this is good for you. I know you don't like the taste of it, but do bad. Like, open up. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, and then as kids get older, they develop a taste for vegetables or at least particular vegetables or at least a desire to keep their bodies healthy and they recognize the value and all that. And then they're off on their own and whatever they do, that's it. You've, you've taught them. You've They've gotten the point and they'll probably for the rest of their life eat vegetables. <laughs> And we'll have developed a taste for it. Um, same for music. I know the value. I know the value. And I'm not denying that to my kids. How could someone like me who knows firsthand the value, like the lifelong friend that music is, to not share that with them and pass that on would just, honest to God, I think my heart would break. Like that would just be wrong. And it's friggin' hard. It's friggin' hard teaching your kids anything, let alone music, let alone if there's a screen or a game or a friend that's lurking around the bend you know it, it's it's a hard competition <clears throat> to um keep it engaging and interesting and Danelle and I have lived that for 12 years now I think Mary Frances started 13 she was four when she started the fiddle so <clears throat> you know just yesterday here I am still teaching my 10 year old boy some new steps trying to squeak out the time and then there's Maria you know Danelle's at her with the fiddle and so it's we're getting tired for sure, but that's what love does. Love goes beyond fatigue and you do what you know is right because you love your kids. So when they started out, I remember Janelle and I <clears throat> thinking, you know, yeah, we're anxious to eager to give them music and um and but we didn't like know how they would take to it. So yeah, some of them enjoy it. I mean, they all really like elements of it. There's no question about it. Like some of them really like just being able to play with a group of people. Some people, some of them like having their own like um, unique solo. Um, you know, they, they feel, you can tell they just light up when they're doing their thing by themselves. Others just want to be, you know, on the road and involved with the excitement of that. Others are just really musical kids who love being in on the action like they they hear music love it so much that they need to play it 
and others are driven by you know my, my our oldest now she's she this is what she's going she's decided this is what she wants to do and Janelle and I have always been very quick to point out to people hey if you're going to be a musician in life make sure you have a backup plan go get something else 100 percent. and Janelle has the farming I have my teaching degree and so we're telling Mary Frances you have to have something else so she's pursuing um maybe orchestration or something mind you it's connected to music but it's not relied on from touring traveling that sort of um life so um so now i forget what your original question was but oh yeah teaching your kids at an early age yeah so we never necessarily we didn't didn't ever set out to you know have them play in our show and stuff like that but when they're with you all the time and you have them on tour with you and they're sitting backstage and they can play the fiddle you know, and also they're bugging you to come out and play. Eventually, one day, Mary Frances is five years old and she gives out, she plays her first fiddle tune. Well, once the rest see that, they want to do the same. So it was a very natural evolution, you know, to where we're at. Now it's to the point, and I had a huge meeting here yesterday about upcoming shows and how to tailor them. And we're like, well, if we take the kids with us, I mean, we don't want to become a family band. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we, I don't know, we just, because we're established musicians, we wanted to keep the stage show that we do very professional and, and, uh, and especially with the, you know, the ticket costs and stuff like that. We're like, no, we got to give people seasoned musicians, but, but well, everybody loves the kids coming on. So sure. They, they should have a portion of the night, but in the meantime, they're all very capable and they're sitting backstage for, you know, 75% of the show waiting for their three numbers to come on. So that's kind of weird now. It's like, what a waste of their time. But then do you put them, how much do you integrate them? And then, then we're becoming something else. And maybe that's okay. Maybe we have to look at that now. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is or what's going to happen here, but I'm just grateful they're all able to play and they like doing it. And some of them love it. Are they competitive with each other at all? No, not that's with each amazing. other. Yeah. But they are competitive. <laughs> <laughs> they, they like to be good some more than others yeah it must be well especially like you know you talk about mary francis and like and her contribution so i mean it must it must definitely make you feel good when they when they kind of put you know wind up contributing something where you didn't necessarily see that they would totally yeah that's just oh it's it's an eternal gift that never stops being incredible. I think it's the highlight of my day when the kids play something because they want to play it and they've taken on, a, it's taken on a life of its own. That's I'm out of the picture now and I'm witnessing them doing something that is good for them and they love it and they have passion for it. That is the greatest gift to a mom. And it's good for the world as well. Because it's music. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine a life with no music. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, it, that would just be. I, I don't I even just want to no, try. Nope. It would be unfathomable, really. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd wither. I think we'd yep. wither and die. That's what I felt like during the pandemic and the lockdowns and stuff. I felt withering. Mm. Yeah. Just, I felt like things that are, that people don't necessarily, um, put value on for what the value actually is which is fine i mean 
I had a friend the other day say, hey, musicians should get paid like doctors. And uh, we had a little laugh over that. But that's fine. Like, you know, we do our thing for free um, and we do it for to make money and everything in between. So uh, but you, you when pandemic happened and stuff, I just had this real awareness of what, what it means to be human and what our spirits were longing and needing. And, and it is each other physical physical contact sharedness unity and music well, anyway, just, sorry to get <laughs> no i mean just learn just losing like the live connection i mean that was i mean like how whatever it was two years between concerts in some cases maybe longer i mean just losing that connection was you know, super hard. I, and I think that was the moment where we all kind of realized that music, that, that what life would be like without music. Yeah. I mean, it was deathly for some people. It was deathly for some people, you know, the seniors and all that, what they suffered. Like what's worse that living like that or the virus? I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. But, you know, at the same time, it, it's it's interesting because, again, like so many like you, like so many musicians took that time to create more music and take chances. And and I think that's the, the benefit of that. And I and I and I wonder, too, out of that, how are your live shows like have people been like even more excited to come and see you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like when we, you know, talk to people afterwards you can just see the relief almost on their face and the joy to be, you know, engaging in music as opposed to just, you know, having it coming at you through a speaker. That yeah. first live performance in front of a, a crowd must have been amazing then, um, you know, to see that. Like, I can only imagine that night will be stuck in your, stuck in your head forever. That's right. Uh you mean the first night back after the pandemic? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, hardly. It was the opposite. I was really disappointed. Oh. Um, oh, yeah, no. because, yeah, because we were, uh, we did four shows uh, last Christmas and it was supposed to be more than that. But anyway, we narrowed it down and then had to narrow it down again. And then we found out that Omicron hit. Oh, and, no. Yeah. And then they were like talking about, you know, canceling. And then it was, um, they ended up putting of the four shows, two of them were put to half capacity and just to space out people. And so there was this fear and there's this people like ticket sales, you know, they all of a sudden the day they announced that there wasn't one ticket sold after that. And mm. um, it was just a real, it put a real spilt milk on things. Anyway, we went up and did our thing. I was so excited, but course it was a sea of masks we were playing to and it it there there was just something in the air that was just not good and so i i i got off stage and i thought this isn't what i thought it would be maybe I, then i thought maybe we've outgrown maybe we've changed and we've outgrown music like performance of it and i don't know it's very confusing anyway we went back out this year and it was totally different you know get rid of that fear factor and seeing the faces again it's that's that's it was, it was back to normal well that's that's so good yeah i mean i can't yeah i mean it would be so weird to just see a sea of masked faces because because i mean that's where so much the expression comes from just you know everybody and uh, i mean wow 
I, I just, I know what it was like to see live music, you know, in those kind of scenarios. And it, and it's not the same either, because yes, you're, there's something, there is a weight to it. A weight. Yeah, that's exactly right. Just, and that's always uneasy, you know? Well, luckily we're largely past that now. Um, well, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope so. One thing I've learned is to never assume things. And um, like I even said, just um, our furnace isn't working right now. And and we have our propane on to the guys coming over to fix it. But I said to Julia, she was like, oh, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. I'm like, you need to get used to this. We don't know where the world is headed. We just don't know. Who would have thought we would have been locked down for as long as we were? We did not see that coming. And uh, so I said, you just... Toughen up, little sweetheart. We've got it really good, but our grandparents grew up in an age without any of this luxury, and it is luxury. And they had to work real hard just to put food in their mouths and keep themselves warm and have a shelter and clothes to wear. So, um, you know, just take this in and tr somehow try and embrace it. Like, we're human beings. We're not meant to have a pampered life. Um, pampering kills eventually. I mean, you can't just live for, for that. You have to it's it's sleeves up dive in um and there's nothing more um satisfying than that because as hard and tough as it is you reap benefits and you know that you have aided yourself to help to help yourself to help your family with your your love blood and sweat and whatever else it took and uh that is gratifying and that is very when they talk about you know mental health and stuff that is great for a person's mental health you know, just knowing those things, it, it sustains you and fills you with a, a peace. For sure. So wonderful. I oh, go ahead, Brett. Oh no, you go ahead. I was. Just oh no, that. I was just just commenting. That's wonderful. I mean, it's it's. I often say to people, I mean, you know, uh, most important thing is for me is family, then friends, then music in that order. Or actually, nice. really all forms of art, not just music. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and, that's and, nice. Yeah, yep, that's true. It, it yeah, hits, for for us too. Yeah, it hits it, it hits hard to the idea of, uh, you know, I mean, you couldn't see your family or your friends, and you lost yeah. live music, and you know, so it was it was a difficult time. Um, yeah, but I, I like your attitude of, you don't know where the world is going. Uh, toughen up and and be adaptable. Yes, let's survive. I, I think of the value of humor. I place it in that category as well. I think of my ancestors that came over from Scotland. They had it hard. They were forced off their land, the, the uh, you know, back in the mid-1700s. Put on a boat with barely anything. A couple of fiddles made it over. Sailed mm -hmm. on the ship across the Atlantic Ocean. It's like to a place that they never, they haven't got a clue what's going to be there. They left, you know, they had to make a new home. And, and with what? with hard, hard work. And they have such a great sense of humor. And I realized that it was survival. You know, you have to laugh. You have to be light at life because it's heavy. And if, if you're just going to be heavy with it, then you've, you've, you've missed the boat. You know, that's, then you're done. Um, no, I'm darn well going to have a good time while I'm here, whether I'm suffering or not. And that's just it. So there you go. 
<laughs> even even my father, I mean, you're making me think about how my father, I, I, I came to Canada when I was just before I turned three years old from Denmark. He made that mm-hmm. choice to go. There was no guarantees of anything to move from Denmark to Canada uh, to try and build a different life. And I'm not sure if I would have the courage to do what he did. I'd like to think I would, but I'm not sure I would. And that's, you know, you're you're making me kind of uh, realize that. Uh, I wish I would. Mm-hmm. No, I feel the same too. I often think to myself, my bark is bigger than my bite. You know, I, I pray to God I don't have to be in those circumstances where what I believe in is challenged. Because it is easy to say, and it sounds great. Hey, you know, let's let's be happy here. Let's do this. Let's work hard. Let's. But we're living in 2023, and life is not designed to live without electricity. You know, we are conditioned to that and to so many things. So to put us through the course of what those before us have gone through, like <laughs> I think I'd be, I'd be trying, but I don't know how strong I'd be. It would be very hard, very hard, yes. Well, I, I tell you, I would be much stronger because if I had a chance, I guess if we lost electricity, I would lose it, but much stronger if I just had a chance to listen to your music. It uh, is the type of music that lifts up my heart. Oh, that's so great to hear. You know, I was, I'm writing a book, and um, I was thinking about many things, in particular music, and how things can get distorted too, like for example, food, you know, well, if we overeat, that is an overindulgence. It's a, almost a distortion of what food is meant to be. Its purpose is not to, you know, make us put on so much weight that we can't function. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to nourish our bodies, not take away. Right. So Mm -hmm. things can get distorted and similar too for music. Music can go to a place that can be very dark and almost pull you down, weight you down. And, and think of anything, think of love, you know, sometimes love becomes distorted and without, you know, the two in the relationship realizing it, it's weighting them down because it's, it's not rooted in what it is designed to be. Um, so to hear you say the music is uplifting, it, that's so nice to hear. It just, I guess for me personally, it lets me know that. The music is what it is intended to be. Up, yes, uplifter. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots left to do. <laughs> and uh, so then how long do you think it's going to take you to write your book? Um, It's set to come out 2024, I believe in the spring. So I have a few months here still. I'm uh, <laughs> writing away. And sometimes I go in spurts uh, and I get, you know, thousands of words done in a few days. And other times I might go a month and not do any. So it's it just your autobiography, time is it? No, it's called I Have a Love Story. I suppose it's a, it's autobiography-ish, yeah. But it's, um, it's just a witness of love in my life dating from my ancestors to my time in Cape Breton, my parents' upbringing, um, my marriage, children, and the future, and how I'm a, a recipient of of love through those through those decades of life. Oh, it sounds amazing. 
I mean, mm-hmm. much like much like your career, uh, totally amazing. You know, just before we'll let you go really soon here, but uh, but how difficult is it to write and like have a family life then and then and then consider your the amount that you're going to tour. How difficult is it? What I missed that last part. Oh, like to to kind of write the book, to have the family life, and then consider right. the amount that you're going to tour. Balance. Really. Yeah. Um, it's like everything. I try and squeak things in. It's remembering it. That's the hard part because I have a hundred things that I'm trying to squeak in when I have, when I have, you know, five minutes here, half hour there. Say if I drop a kid off somewhere and they have a half hour lesson, you know, I can, I try and get at it then. The problem is, is that I'm often drowning as well in immediate emergencies. Like, Oh my gosh, you have an interview like you guys right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, you have to do this or that or the other thing. So, um, but last night, for example, okay, no one knows this, but I woke up at four in the morning, uh, went to the washroom, came back and I had a thought. So I wrote it down and I actually have probably stayed up for a half an hour writing my book. Um, so I just try and take chances and they're always odd when they come up and, you know, it's usually late at night or early in the morning or things like that. So I just kind of seeds them. That's interesting because we were just before you got on, that's exactly what Martin and I were talking about was just was yeah. sometimes when you, when you can't sleep or you wake up and you just take those moments and you need to grab them then because they may not be there later. They will not be there later. They will not. I've tried that sort of thing. It doesn't ever work. I actually have a piece of paper and a pen by my bed. <laughs> oh well you know thank you so much for squeezing us in uh, you're welcome it's it's been an absolute pleasure uh we want to give you a time to to promote the new album uh recently released and and yourself and anything you have coming up yeah thank you very much i appreciate the chat thank you oh you wanted me to mention yes. what's coming yes, up yes please, yeah. please yeah we Sorry, did I'm yeah sorry. Sure. Um, yeah. So the record came out March 17th and uh, we were we did actually cu- coupled up with the St. Patrick's Day show in Toronto, which was fantastic. Um, I'm heading to PEI this weekend. My daughter, Mary Frances, is she's got some bookings this year just on her own. So nice. I'm going to accompany her. Uh, I'm not in the show, but uh, well, actually, she said she's she said, Mom, I'm getting you up for a number. <laughs> and, and, and she says, you can't do anything about it because I'm the one with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway and um and then we're we have some family just smaller family performances just to get the kids playing um again we're not really a part of them it's just um bringing them places so no one's got their license yet <laughs> almost not yet and uh then through the summer danelle and i have a number of great performances we're so excited about one in telluride colorado um robert plant allison kraus is on the bill just an incredible festival yeah and then another one at um uh gray fox new york state i think it is in and we're heading to ireland this summer as well for a couple of festivals the flaw the famous flaw heading over there with our whole family um again i'm working on the book um we have some great stuff through the fall as well i'm getting inducted into the order i don't know if that's the name uh, inducted but anyway they're they're giving me the order of nova scotia on wednesday this coming Wednesday, um, and another um, couple of awards coming too. I I just realized I'm not supposed to say about some of them, but 
Anyway, we'll be playing at the East Coast Music Awards this year, too, and Celtic Colors and a huge American tour in um, fall, winter, starting in November. Um, really excited about that. We haven't played much in the States yet, so looking forward. Well, it's a shame you don't have anything going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many things. Uh, again, but, you know, thank you for squeezing us in. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, well, and you great. deserve nice you deserve all the wonderful things and uh, and and certainly canvas uh i urge everybody to go out and listen to it because it's an amazing album so like um like it's so much fun and so there's so much there to, to hear that uh you know we just so appreciate you being on the show and we look forward to talking to you again sometime fantastic have a great day fellas thanks you too okay bye-bye bye now bye-bye.